You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. The best I got. Uh, 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 all right, let's everybody go around and introduce ourselves again. Starting from the black couch. Uh, Rob. Um, uh, yeah, I'm Rob. That's it. I'm Russ. I'm Philip. And this is Patience. And I, of course, am always Chris, except for when I'm not. But this time I'm Chris. <laughs> all right. Well, well, like like I said, you should go and listen to part one if you haven't heard that yet, where we talk about a lot of the films and a few of the TV shows that really turned us on this year. But let's go back into the rest of our list and start with one of the films that is definitely in my top five for the year. And I was as surprised as anyone it was as good as it is, which is 10 Cloverfield Lane. This is one of those not a sequel but sort of a side story, which is kind of hope all they do with Cloverfield. Like, I don't really need a Cloverfield sequel. I like the idea of these stories that are tangentially connected on the sides of it much better than a straight up, well, what's the giant monster up to? <laughs> you know, tell the story in bits and, and dribs and drabs by little things on the side like this as you're adding in details. But that's the thing. Is this movie, that's not the pertinent thing that makes this scary. It is the character drama of these this woman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I've got a massive lifelong crush on ever since uh, Sky High. As you should. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who has um, been abducted by John Goodman, who's got this underground shelter, and she basically wakes up after a car accident in the shelter, and he's like... I'm sorry, I don't mean to scare you, but the world ended, and we literally can't go outside, the air is poison, and uh, you're here for your own good. And she's got no proof any of this is true. And there's another guy who's in there, John Gallagher Jr., who's like, um, as far as I know, he's right, but I really don't know for sure either. And he's certainly, you know, I wouldn't even say polite, but he, he's gruff, but he doesn't come across as a complete psycho. Until she starts finding bits and pieces of things that indicate that maybe he is. And one of the things I loved about this movie, even by the end, I'm not entirely sure how crazy or not crazy he actually was. You know, he was definitely confused about what was happening. But, like, as far as being, you know, a, a murderous type guy or something, still not entirely sure. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. This movie makes me incredibly angry because it needed to stop 20 minutes before it ended. I just wanted it so much that the whole part with the bunker and John Goodman was utter perfection. If anyone deserved to be nominated for an Oscar, John Goodman was absolutely amazing in this film. And it was the just the bunker part. It should have just ended right there and should and then just that's it. And it would have been perfect. I uh, I love this movie. I, I put this right up there at the top with uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Um, man, uh, you're right. Like, cause cause you have this character of John Goodman that treats them so well, even to a fault, 
And then you find out some bad stuff about his past, but it never, I mean, they hint around it and they give you some pretty solid proof on it, but they never prove their proof. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, which is cool because, you know, it's like, like I had a gut instinct, obviously, like, you know, he definitely did some bad things and he's a bad man, especially when one of the characters has a, you know, something bad happens, he cleans up instantly as the hair combed and it's it's date time. Mm -hmm. So that really was a big, you know, clue to me that he definitely is a bad man. But uh, the funniest thing, though, is I love looking on there. Uh, Bradley Cooper played Ben. <laughs> the voice, <laughs> the of, voice ben. of Ben. Ben literally yeah. has 30 seconds of voice time across the phone, and Bradley yeah. Cooper was nice enough to do that <laughs> and help, uh, <laughs> help bring some name value to this movie. <laughs> well, I think he might owe J.J. Abrams a favor. Uh, probably. Right, too. Yeah. I just want him to do it as Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, right? Um, but I, I, I was a huge fan of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... It's probably one of my favorite movie-going experiences of the year. It's maybe my favorite movie of the year. I'm not. I'm still still waiting to see a couple other movies, but I just from the moment it starts and the first title pops up and it goes from this amazing loud sound to dead silence on the first title. I was in. I was in like all the way with this movie, um, and I think it it had. I mentioned this maybe earlier, but my favorite thing in a movie is where you don't. You know, I think you know. It's one thing to say you don't know what's going on, but I think most movies we're so trained as viewers to sort of feel like safe within the structure. I sort of know where this is going. I feel, and I never, you know, in this movie you never know what to trust, and there's a real Hitchcockian feel to it. Plus, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character is probably my favorite character of the year. She's super capable, super smart, um, an ingenious like uh, a hero to the movie, and and. So you know that she's a formidable opponent, and again, she acts, you know, with intelligence throughout the movie. But it's she's still thwarted. Things go wrong, and she and and the suspense in this movie because she's doing what she should be doing, and still you're not sure if she's safe, if she's going to get away with something. The ending of this movie is a big controversial thing. I think it's about the last ten minutes. It's a huge reveal, and it's really where they start to tie the movie into a to the original Cloverfield. I get why the movie goes off the rails for some people. I like that all of a sudden movies become other movies and you don't expect it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a huge leap. And I remember when they were making The Watchmen, there was a rule um, in the comic book of The Watchmen at the end, spoilers for a really old comic book and a movie that's 10 years old, um, <laughs> there's a giant uh, squid. And one of the um, the writers said, you can't introduce something this crazy this late in the movie. They've already bought in other stuff. You just, the audience is going to, rebel against it and in this movie you do feel that rule happen with a lot of people it just goes to this super weird sci-fi level that the rest of the movie is not and so i get why it doesn't work for everybody but i i couldn't love this movie more i thought it was like this is why i go to the movies I this movie like it, it worked for me because part of the thing you don't expect is that there is in fact something going on out yeah. there right because it so brings you to that point we're like well Okay, now clearly this guy is like at the point where she's gonna, you know, see what's actually happening outside. You're like, okay, she's good for you, girl. Get the fuck out of there because this guy's obviously crazy, only to find out maybe he's not that crazy. And I like that, like, sure, why not tie it into the Cloverfield universe at that point? See, this is one of those films where I wish I would have been left wondering. Mm. You know, I wish I would have been like, you would have liked the ambiguity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you watch the original Cloverfield? 
Oh yeah. yeah, I loved I loved Cloverfield, and I'm and I love this movie as well. Even with the yeah. ending that it has, I you still love still this film. Like I'm still bad angry. See, yeah. Cloverfield falls into my found footage. Didn't really care for it, and this one, even if they had never tied it in, and they still had the weird sci-fi sort of ending, I would be all about it. I just I thought, okay. like, oh wow, we're going here. This is great. And uh, I'm looking forward to God Particle as well, which yeah. is... Which, yeah. you know, now they've changed the name on the schedule. Uh, did they? They've officially changed it to Untitled Cloverfield's Project, sequel yeah. on, on, uh, on the schedule yeah. instead of calling it God Particle. It's and like, that's like October, okay. right, of next yeah, year? I think well, so, yeah, I think so, yeah. I thought this was great, and I think Dan Trachtenberg is going to be a big, Shout big talent to watch. Shout out to Playtest in, in Black, Black Mirror. Mirror yeah. Playtest was definitely my favorite. It was the most horror of the horror, horror episodes and on And Kurt there. Russell's kid, holy shit, what? he was amazing. Uh, by the way, for yeah. the record, I would like to say that I'm that guy who, even after I knew how dangerous it was, that thing, I'd still be like, yeah, I'll still do it. <laughs> like, yeah, plug in, me in. I'm I'll in. do it. Yeah. yeah, but it could kill you. I'll be all right. I know the rules. We'll try it. <laughs> I'll be fine. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, I, I knew you brought I, I loved yes. it. That's it. When we can move. Well, you got nothing to add to that? Uh, I, I thought it was great. I, I, I do see the, the criticisms of the last part. And um, I was real hesitant because of the Cloverfield name. And I was not a fan of, of Cloverfield. But, yeah, I thought it was great. It was definitely one of the best movies of the year. It's Absolutely. difficult. This is, this is one of those movies that I feel comfortable just recommending to people. Mm-hmm. I, I just... I'm just I don't know how you can not have a good time with this movie. Even if you don't love it, I think you'll you'll still enjoy it for, for what it is. I remember this Absolutely. was like one of the few movies where I came home and Russ doesn't ever go see movies during the day, we're always busy or whatever, and I said, You need to stop what you're doing, go out, see this movie like right away. Like I just I re- this is like a good this is why you go to the movies. Like it's like a fun ride, it's smart, it's cool. Like this this is this was definitely the one for me. If it wasn't for the ending, this would have been my number one without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll move on to a little tiny film on Netflix that did good, apparently, despite being so low budget that there are, as, as Philip pointed out, visible film equipment on screen <laughs> <laughs> points. <laughs> like, like, definitely far from flawless. The movie They Look Like People, nonetheless, has been a major hit for Netflix. It was even on a couple horror guys' best of the year, even though I think this is only tentatively a horror film. It's one of those, well, it's sort of a horror Psychological film. thriller. A psychological uh, thriller. It, following, it dabbled. It wants to be. It wants to be a horror. It follows, it follows a guy, Wyatt, who uh, looks a bit like, I forget the name of the actor, the guy who was the doctor in Northern Exposure came to the town. Rob Morrow? Yeah, he looks like young Rob Morrow, yeah. you know, with a beard and yeah. everything, but uh, who is like... Basically reuniting with his old best friend, Christian, and Christian says, yeah, yeah, you can, you're homeless, don't worry about it, I know you just broke up with your fiancé, you're going to stay with me for a while. Uh, Only as we find out, Wyatt is hearing voices and getting phone calls in the middle of the night telling him, well, the title of the film, they only look like people, they're evil, and they're everywhere, and the invasion is coming. And it's really more of a story about, like... Somebody dealing with this level of schizophrenia and and somebody who I thought unrealistically put up with his craziness. Oh, I'll put it this way. I had, a, I had a roommate once who ba- admitted to me that he thought that whole Rigelian theory where like the politicians and the, the like celebrities were actually lizard people thing. from another oh, planet who were taking us over. Like he believed that. And I Wait, kicked, that's not true? I kicked him out right then. I was like, go. <laughs> You're not on the lease. Go. I'm going to take your shit and throw it out on the curb. So I am not going to live with the, the reptile cra- people over there. <laughs> <laughs> I am not living with a crazy, dangerous person. That's exactly what the reptile people would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I was taking over the world, but not so successful so far. But 
Uh, yeah. Well, I think that was the whole point of the character of of Christian. Is it Christian or Wyatt? Which one was? Wyatt's the guy going crazy. Okay, so Christian, where he would like, I mean, that's the whole point of his character is he's a total pushover. Mm-hmm. Like he has no confidence, he can't do anything in life, and everyone just walks all over him. And Wyatt is is no different from that, and so he's being super passive aggressive and dealing with Wyatt. Um, I. I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about this film because the first time I watched it, I watched it on a lark. I was like, "Oh, it's got four stars on Netflix or whatever," which is rare for a horror. Yeah, films. and I hated it. Like, mm. I absolutely hated it. But I thought about it. You know what I mean? It was one of those films that you think about later, and it kind of sticks with you. And you're like, "Okay, that was pretty creepy." And the ending was definitely like super tense. Yeah, I agree um, with that. And that part stuck with me a lot, but I'm still, I'm ambivalent. I can't really say if I really like this film or not. I, um, I can see what people would see in liking this film. I, I feel like this movie kind of, uh, so dismissive. Well, well, no, because, because it does have a clever, I guess, hook to it, but I feel like it definitely benefits from that Radiohead syndrome, that one critic will like, give it praise, and somebody else is like, well, I don't want to be the guy who doesn't understand this, so I'm going to praise it, too. And then people will just follow suit and kind of like... Are you saying people are like that about Radiohead? Oh, well, <laughs> when, they heard, when they came out with OK Computer and, and the bands, and they, people were just kind of like, well, yeah, OK, and that's where the actual name came from. And people were just kind of jumped on board because they didn't want to argue with it. Because I, then they'd be an ass if they were like, well, this is not genius. I you swear, had, I think those albums are genius, but whatever. I agree. <laughs> I agree. But some people who didn't get it just say it's genius because they don't want to be that person who doesn't think it's genius. But I can deal with that kid, eh? But point, anyway. Point being <laughs> is this movie has some compelling parts to it, but the fact that, like, I mean, just, just filmmaking to me is lost in it. Like, I mean, like, the, the director took on so many, he did so many things where it's like, he even takes credit for being a gaffer. Did he light the movie? Yeah. I mean, like, do, was there even a physical light used? It, it just, it didn't look like a movie. It didn't feel like a movie. Shots were in and out of focus. There were lava wires in people's shirts. I could see mic packs. I mean, it was just, there was so much to it that I get the story was there and it was good. But as a filmmaker, it just really drove me crazy as like, <laughs> you know, just have a buddy hold a boom. Like, you know, pay him yeah. in McDonald's, whatever it takes. Like, just go that little extra mile and make a better movie because you had a cool concept. I, I, I don't know. It's he's just, it's actually so talented. He is actually all the actors in the system. <laughs> I just there's not even makeup. That's just performance. And you might have looked because you look at the credit. It was literally his name on every single category. Yeah. And it's just I've met so many filmmakers like him. They'll be like, and we shot this movie in two days. I go, and it te- I can tell. Yeah. You know, it just take your time and make a good piece of art. And to me, the story was there, but the art of film wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. So. I I was a fan of this movie. I was a really big fan, actually. Um, I think. Uh, I I guess you're right. Like I, I, I certainly was aware of the the low budget limitations yeah. of this movie, but um, the first moment it starts and the and the guys, uh, it's a really great first. I, I'm a huge fan of how are you going to get me into this movie, and it just starts and it's really creepy. And this guy's like laying in bed with his girlfriend, and he starts to hear this weird noise, and you don't know what's happening. And I I was drawn in immediately. I it's interesting. Um, it does. I did not really know how the movie was going to go, whether or not it was going to be a movie where is this guy crazy and then at the very end we're going to find out he's not crazy or is he actually crazy and we're all, it's going to be this tragedy. And, and I didn't really – there was a tension to the movie that really I think kept me hooked. I, I found it um, – uh, I liked the premise that there was weird stuff going on and I, I liked the actors. I thought they were um, compelling. I, I was just – I don't know. This one really grabbed me. I think I'm also a fan of just – 
can you do a lot with very little? And I think they did a lot with very little. I, I just I was really into it. So um, I really like Radiohead. <laughs> uh, but uh, as far as this movie, yeah, I, I'm pretty much with Rob. We we Rob had picked it out on Netflix, and he said this this looks like a cool movie. I sort of found on here, and and we watched it one night when we couldn't find anything else to watch, and I. I I agree with him. the the low budget the low budget sort of uh, nature of the movie drew me in actually because I, I was interested like can he pull this off with these limitations and I thought he did I thought there were some great shots and some really great moments and it didn't totally I I didn't love the last half as much as the first half but overall it, it was a really cool movie. Now now question being if that movie had a one million or five million dollar budget it was the exact same story don't change a thing. Do you still forget? Like you're like that's a great movie, no. or do you just forgive it because it yeah. had nothing? I, I did. I, I was I was drawn in by the premise. I was drawn in by the question of is this guy crazy? Hmm. Is there something going on? And I thought the weird stuff that does happen to the character did um, unnerve me. And I was like, is he? Because because I, I think what I thought hmm. is. Is this going to be like? Because I, I think I thought of it like Take Shelter or something. Like, is this real? Is this movie going to vindicate this guy, or is he like schizophrenic? Is he crazy? And I think that question alone, they they maintain the suspense of that enough for me to. Um, and again, I think I people you. acted fairly reasonably. Maybe by the end, maybe a little less were, reasonably. I thought they were very charismatic. All yeah, the way through, yeah, which yeah. is they, important. They, were, they, and they were, had like you know, in terms of them talking to each other, felt natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, especially the friendship between the two guys. There's a sequence where they get really drunk and do things that only people who've known each other since they were kids would do together. Like the sock game. Yeah, the sock was, game yeah. and putting blankets I on think, and singing, singing drunken Irish shanties for no clear yeah, reason. Yeah, I think That's this is a movie. That's what I did last night. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, well, you know, it was Tuesday. So yeah, it was. Yeah, drunken it was Irish Tuesday. shanties. Well, there's another version of this movie that's more obnoxious and sort of, like, irritating and, like, this guy's crazy and how long, how, how far can we push it? And I don't think the movie ever goes there. So I agree Just with skirting that. that skirting that issue alone, I think well, the movie Let me turn it back on you. Phil, if, if, if it was a higher budget and was more technically polished, do you think you would have liked the movie more? I, I think the story lacks for me. I think okay. I think it's a short film at best, and I think you look at something like Eyes of My Mother, it's actually a polished piece of film where even the sound's clear and you don't see any... Just technical flaws that to me, it's like... It's almost like looking at like a coloring book and seeing a script. Oh, I can see something in there, and oh, you've got potential. It's as opposed to really studying the craft and saying, "Here is my best work. This is what I want the world to see." But I, I think that's something very personal with me because I, I really work hard at my craft, and I really take pride in like you know, hey, wait, do we see something? Oh, let's shoot that again. And that's just a personal thing I think with mm-hmm. me. Which I mean, I had no problem with the movie. I thought it was okay. I just the technical, like the lack of technical. That just things, drives you crazy. It drove me crazy. That I can see that. Yeah. I, I'm that way about stuff that, like, all right, so I can't remember the movie. It was something we saw last year where this thing was supposed to be an alien, like, mm-hmm. device, and it was clearly just a Zoom portable recorder. They were too lazy to actually buy or do something to it. It was just all it was. It was like, man, it's on, there's like seven versions of that on Amazon right now. You can buy, they all look the same with the weird little cross mic thing. And they're know? great, actually. They're great. So props to but Zoom. And like, maybe they're alien devices. Maybe you thought about alien devices. We don't know. But it, maybe the giant lizard people. But I know. laughed out loud. Like, come on, guys. That Jesus Christ. That's yeah. pretty bad. All right. So a movie that 
really is probably the most surprising from film for me this year and that I really liked it and thought it was going to be just ridiculously bad is The Shallows. Now, part of that for me is that Blake Lively is always one of those is one of those actresses I've always found ridiculously nondescript. I'm like, wait, who is she again? And even when I'm looking at her, I'm, my, my eyes. Are I haven't just, had that problem. Yeah. I know exactly who she is. She's really pretty, but she's like, I just I, there's, she doesn't have that much charisma for me as an actress. I don't know. I just never really... She never stood out for me in anything. She will now. Uh, not just because she's wearing a bikini for most of this film. This is... And I, if I'm not mistaken, the director has mainly done... Re- yeah, mediocre garbage. Yeah, like, House yeah. of Wax. House of Wax, Orphan, Orphan. Unknown, Nonstop, Run All Night. They're, none of those films are worth seeing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The Shallows, on the other hand, once again, usually if there's a film about a giant shark out of control, if it's not Jaws or... I'll even give a certain amount of points to Deep Blue Sea for laugh factor you better then then fucking <laughs> yeah. don't, well, don't watch it is whatever it is is gonna be bad this is the first really good one we've seen you know since then and it's just she's trapped on a rock in a private beach no one is coming out to by a pissed off giant shark it's like no fuck you i'm gonna eat you <laughs> i loved this movie um i I am not, you know, I, I just thought it was like a fun film. It was, that's basically, you just take it at face value. You mm-hmm. don't have to look deeply into it. It's just a fun film to watch. I thought that um, Blake Lively, or before I saw this film, I just called her Ryan Reynolds' wife. <laughs> um, because you're right, she is a nondescript. Or, or bitch. <laughs> that bitch that's married to my, what, who should be my husband right now. Um but no, like she, you know, she was, she's never been really a, a, you know, a big, you know, on my, on my radar as far as actresses go. And I thought she held this film beautifully. I was really surprised at how well she was able to just be, she's like the only character. It's just her and the shark. And, um, I thought she did a great job. I thought it was a little bit overly sentimental. I don't buy into that sappy emotional crap. Um, I'm just, I don't like it. I think it's, but I can see how a broader audience would need that, you know, uh, the family thing and, you know, the mom and all of that stuff. But I, I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I liked it a lot. I thought everything made sense. It looked great. It was yeah. tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, everything gave me reason for why it's happening. I thought the seagull actually was really cool too. Yeah. Steven yeah. Seagull. Uh, the Steven only thing, Seagull. Yeah, Steven, Steven Seagull. Seagull. Yeah. That was the only thing that pulled me out for a, a second was the GoPro stuff, just because everyone who has a GoPro knows those batteries die so damn quick. <laughs> she would have never, she never had days. the ability to record a message if that thing was left just running. Yeah. And, yeah. She got an hour and 20 minutes at best. Yeah. It depends what she's recording. Really she's doing 4K shit. Yeah. She got like 28. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I liked it. It was good. Uh, I was a huge fan of this one. Um, I went in, uh, I, as you said, uh, Jamie Collette, Sarah, I think is his name? Yeah. Yeah, he, I hated all of his other movies. I mean, I, I really <laughs> despise so them. Bad. Yeah, they're, they're really junky. Um, Trapped. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he has like one great scene in, um, in Unknown, but other than that, they're, I, they're really bad, junky Hollywood movies. So my expectations for this were that this was going to be another one, and, um, from the moment it started, I was really into it. It's it's a slick, great-looking um, thriller. I thought he does uh, just every shot is really beautiful. And um, but the the storytelling was really good, which was uh, you know rare for him. And uh, so I was a big fan. And Blake Lively, like you said, I mean she's a movie star in this movie. I just I like she's in all, she's in pretty much every shot, and um, she's great. Just really exciting. The caveman in me very excited that you know she's wearing a bikini most of the movie, but. 
beyond that, I think she really is, you know, you want it, you know, she's a really compelling main character. Mm-hmm. So I was a big fan of the shark stuff. I think the end gets a little big movie-ish, you know, she's kind of got to get out of it, but I didn't care. I was just entertained yeah. from like the minute it started. Yeah, and, I do want to yeah. address that about the very ending. It's that point, if you weren't so sold on this movie yeah. by that point, <laughs> you might have been like, fuck this. Yeah. But because it's ridiculous. Yeah. How she be diff- gets out of the yeah. scenario. But it's also fun. It's, yeah, uh, you've never seen that before. Right, <laughs> that was a new one. But, but they didn't make up any like bullshit, though. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit, but it's like, how else would she get out of that situation? I mean, I don't I, know. She, exactly. It isn't the movie plays fair in that it set that up, and I think that you know, I just I, everything with the movie really worked for yeah. me. It's there, there's no reason this movie should be as good as it is. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's really great. It was great. Yeah. Agreed. Except for when she goes surfing in Galveston at the end, which you really, really, really hard <laughs> to surf in Galveston. Like, seriously? Do you like, know how gross those beaches are? Well, let alone the waves. Yeah. Like, plus, plus, just after that experience, I would never get in the tub again. <laughs> like, oh, let's go surfing, sure. Yeah, that seemed maybe, a little... Maybe no, that's Galveston. That makes more sense now. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> All right, so moving back to the indie foreign stuff, there's Train to Busan, another South Korean film, a zombie apocalypse horror thriller that is the one film on this list. I did not get to see. Oh, so patience, oh, no. you got to see this. Why don't I you did. talk about it? I loved about? this film. I absolutely adore this film. And I actually was conflicted because I was like, oh, I'm so over zombies right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just been so many terrible zombie films. I just can't watch another one. And I watched this one. I was like, oh, finally, something that's refreshing, something that was good. This is kind of what I wanted Snowpiercer to be. You mm-hmm. know, Snowpiercer kind of let me down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this was like, okay, this is co- this is what could have been as far as Snowpiercer was concerned. I loved it. I loved the zombies. I loved the main character. I loved how they portrayed how selfish people get in these trying, like, really stressful times and how, like, people are just after themselves. And that was, I thought, thought a, a more realistic portrayal than, like, oh, let's go help everybody. No, nobody's going to do that. Everyone's just going to help themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the movie was good. I thought the little girl steals the show in mm-hmm. every possible Fantastic. way. That ending with her, like, I watched it with my fiance, and literally that ending brought her to tears, like, with that little girl and the father and mm-hmm. all that. Um, my only thing is, it's hard for me to get excited about a movie when, you know, you've got things like Walking Dead on TV, where it's like, they handle some of the, like, it, I just feel like we didn't need a movie, another zombie movie, I guess. Especially yeah. something that, like, I'm watching it, and I've seen everything that's already done before and done better in other ways. So I liked it. I thought it was a polished movie. I thought it had some cool scares in it. Um, I thought it had a lot of heart in it. I love the uh, the jock uh, dad, or the, the guy, the, the buff uh, Korean guy. He was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He was great. The one that was, was the only one that was, like, had a good heart. Yeah, that the was, one who like, had the pregnant out. wife. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. He made the movie for me, him and the yeah. little girl. Yeah, he's a cool character. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, I wasn't blown away by it, but I definitely would say, you know, give it a watch if you like zombies. Um, but it was refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to echo uh, Phil's comments as well. It's, that's about how I felt as well. This is a movie probably 10 years ago I would have really liked. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think now, you know, the, the the real hook is just that, you know, they're on the train. That's that's the only real difference between this and a lot of other zombie movies. Um, but, yeah, if, you, if you're looking for a zombie fix, this, you 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 know, you probably can't go wrong with this. Um, I'm probably with, with patience. I think the first 20 minutes were a little slow. There's a lot of setup, and it's kind of, it's, it's a little clunky. Um, but once they get on the train, the movie was a lot of fun. I don't know that it's scary, but it was definitely suspenseful. It was exciting. He had some great ideas for sequences. Um, consistently, the movie uh, 
always coming up with a new way to kind of do the attacks with the zombies. Um, a little bit of the, you know, the sort of bad guy character who... <laughs> he was you know, great. Yeah, um, <laughs> who's sort of just out for himself and kind of screws over everybody. There's a, there's a, is a little <laughs> annoying, but um, the movie's redeemed in a lot of ways by just how, I think, exciting. And, and it's really well-directed. The guy is a, a strong director. Yeah. Funny enough, he's only done animated films yeah. before. Yeah. Which, this was his first which, live I've action. seen both of those. Oh, and really? they are the darkest... Most depressing animated film this, you've it, ever seen. This um, <laughs> also, this movie doesn't totally cop out on some of the dark stuff. I think it yeah. uh, it goes there a few times. So um, I don't know. I, I was a pretty big fan of it. I think it's definitely one of the more exciting, um, entertaining movies that we're that we've reviewed in this I was, list. I say two things which I found really interesting were the, the villain that was human. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I actually found it comical how he just kept being yes. like, I'm on your side. The fuck are you? And just like, yeah. I, I wanted him to just keep doing it the entire movie and never die. Like, I, I thought it would have been so great if he's the only guy left in the end. And he's just like, like just tripping people. And like, I thought it was, it got to a point where it was comical, but I actually enjoyed it. It is. And then the other thing that I thought was weird was the zombies all have cataracts, but yet can't see you in the dark. Yeah. Like, yeah. Could they see It was just one of those weird, like, I don't yeah. know. That was, film I that's mean, big on logic. Yeah. And definitely it was like, some people would turn immediately and some people, yeah, we wait a few minutes so they can say goodbye yeah. or whatever they have to do. It it, yeah, it didn't have consistent logic. But I would like to give a shout out to the zombies themselves because it kind of, remini- it was reminiscent of like the rage zombies from 28 mm-hmm. Days. And Which, it, yeah. I, and that's I, right. I mean, These are was, fast zombies. Were, it was nice. Yeah, and it's it was nice to see the fast zombies. I mean, we're not going to talk about World War Z right now, but, mm-hmm. you know, which we're getting a sequel of next we year. We are. We are. I liked World War Z. It's just Cheer. not an adaptation of the book, which is better. I didn't like it as a movie. I, I watched the movie first before I read the book. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like... I, actually, if you get a chance, listen to the audiobook of the, the book, because they got a bunch, I mean, like a slew of big name actors to come in and read all the oh, parts in it, fantastic. and it's really good. It's probably top ten audiobooks ever recorded. This yeah, is... Really uh, great. Well, this is well. Train to Busan is better than World War Z. Absolutely. So if you like World War Z, you will definitely Train like Train to Busan. Train to Busan is definitely one of the better zombie films that I've seen in probably the last ten, yeah. ten years. It doesn't feel like a foreign film. Like literally, you forget you're even reading. Like yeah. oh, five true. seconds into the movie, you're, yeah, you're, you're entertained. Yeah, yeah. and that's great. The On that through. note, what is the you know, just offhand? There's one you think of a really great but really obscure zombie film. Dead Snow. Dead Snow's a good one. Although, I prefer mm-hmm. Dead Snow, too. I love Dead Snow, too, as well. But Dead Snow, I would definitely go with the classic. I mean, I was going to throw out uh, Undead. Uh, oh, I like that one. About yeah. yeah, yeah, Undead. Yeah. Super good. Yeah, which is also an alien invasion film at the same time. And and I guess it counts horror comedy as well, just like yeah. Dead Snow. So. Uh, I don't have an obscure. I just like 28 Days Later. <laughs> well, Alex Garland just redefined it and made it amazing. You know what drove, drove me crazy about that movie, though? The one thing that pissed me off was the whole thing, like... I thought it was so unearned the moment the guy gets infected by looking up in a single blood drop. Oh, Brennan Gleeson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh pissed me off. I was like, movie, seriously? Go fuck so your So sad. <laughs> yeah, that was emotionally tragic. Uh, we, we were talking uh, The Horde, which is a, a Oh, French, my God. Uh, I really love The comedy. Horde so much. So good. Such a great film. I love the fact that when they run out of bullets, they have to come up with ingenious ways to kill the zombies. And, I mean, Death by Toilet is yeah. got to be my favorite. <laughs> if you haven't seen The Horde, it's a French movie? Yeah, yeah love French, Horde. Uh, French, movies, and it's yeah. great. It, it mixes genres. It's a really cool. And it's kind of diehard with zombies a little bit, too. Yeah. yeah. Or, or The Raid. Yeah, The Raid. That's the better yeah. one. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, and then Bio Zombie, the Hong Kong film. I've seen that. I don't think I've seen that. It's 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 another horror comedy, but it's really fun. I think the only other one I was going to mention, uh, 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 Stakeland, oh, which is good. basically oh, vamp- it's vampires, vampires, but it feels like a zombie film. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very like zombie apocalypse, but it just so happens well, to be Well, if we're going to do that, instead. then I have to say Demons 1 and 2. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we're getting a little broad. No, I didn't see Demons <laughs> 2 family. until like a year ago. <laughs> Adam's family has got to On Golden yeah. Pond. <laughs> <laughs> My cat was <laughs> getting more the concept of God. I don't know how far we can get from the original. Film. All right, let's uh, move on with one of the films that's on my top ten for sure for this year. Maybe my number one is the Autopsy of Jane Doe. This is a thing I saw at Fantastic Fest. It literally like yesterday came out on VOD. A really fun idea with Emil Hirsch as the son of Brian Cox and their father and son uh, uh, mortuary. Uh, what's the word? I'm like coroners, who own the, have their family mortuary that they've been you know running for generations before them. And they're t- it's getting to the end of the night, and the police show up with a corpse that's a Jane Doe, like in the title. Mm-hmm. And they bring her in. Uh, who, uh, the beautiful uh, model Olwen Kelly plays the Jane Doe in question. And they're like, we have no idea what happened. We just, we found all these people slaughtered in this house. And then she was it like, and you know, like they broke through the, the floorboards of the bottom of the house in the basement and found her like three quarters of the way, way buried. But there's not, there's nothing to indicate how she died. We don't know. And they're like, okay, well, uh, I guess we'll, this shouldn't take too long. We'll figure this out. And then it takes a lot longer than they think it will because weird shit starts happening and then even weirder shit. And it turns into like the only movie I can think of like this, a procedural horror film as the layers of the autopsy uncover the layers of of like how dark and deep this mystery of who this woman was and Mm -hmm. what, what this, how this is connected to the creepy stuff going on is. I really loved this. I love the performances of the two leads here. Um, I, this was just nothing I expected at all, all the way through. Yeah. I, oh, go ahead. Did, no, did you see it? Yeah, I did. I oh, saw perfect. it last night. But you go first since this is your number one. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I love this movie. I saw it at Fantastic Fest with uh, Chris, actually. And, uh, man, what was so cool about it was how they structured a movie based upon the information they get from an autopsy, like, you know, it's, you know, we're looking at the skin and the lungs and the heart and intestines. And as they're going through the body, it actually leads to more information that helps advance the story. Mm-hmm. Every part of her body has a story to it. And it starts to get, you know, uh, I guess deeper down the rabbit hole you go, you realize that there's something, you know, dark and, you know, magical going on here. That's not, you know, normal. And it gets really creepy and good. And I mean, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I was, I mean, in a theater with the sound turned up and dark, it was it was terrifying, and I loved it. That moment when they found out what was up with her skin, oh, I was oh just God. like, oh. or even her lungs, yeah. her lungs being so black, like, yeah. it was a great movie. I liked it a lot. I actually was super stoked about this film because I love Troll Hunter. Yeah, yeah. and Same director, that's yeah. like one of my favorite movies. And so I was I was pretty pumped up, and I th- I thought it lived up to the hype. I thought it was a great film. It was a solid solid film. That's it. Um. I uh, thought the um, probably the first two thirds of this movie are awesome. Uh, really great tone and feel. The relationship between Emil Hirsch and Brian Cox is a highlight of the movie. Yeah. They're 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 father and son, and they have this kind of neat, sort of easy working relationship, and they like each other and they care about each other. And it's it's one of the highlights of the movie for me. And um, and even Emil Hirsch and his girlfriend was their dynamic was interesting. Um, and then. 
the setup was great. It's a really great setup. And and uh, what's the director's name? Uh, Andre Overdahl. I don't know how you yeah, say. Well, every stuff time you, with put this, a, like, when you, you put a slash, there, is there yeah. a way you're supposed oh, to pronounce I, that? Yeah. I was like, are they just making up yeah. accent See, marks now? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, so, they are. <laughs> he's not just a director; he's a metal band. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, he is a really talented director. His command of cinema, his staging. Um, Editing, cinematography, all that stuff. He really has a strong idea about the movie. And um, there's some stuff with Bells in this movie. You're like, oh, you've yeah. seen other oh, movies, yeah. but he does it so well. Um, but unfortunately, I feel like the last third just kind of sort of disintegrated for me. It just it, – it doesn't kind of come together in a way that I found really satisfying. It was unfortunate. Um, it's not enough to not recommend the movie. I do think you should – if you like horror, this is one to see – um, despite its flaws, but I just felt like the end doesn't really come together in a strong enough way that um, makes makes it like a home run for me. Yeah, I felt I felt pretty much the same way as Rob. Uh, I didn't love the the wrap up as much, and the mythology of the movie was a little fuzzy for me. And I don't, I, it may have been somewhat intentional, but that took me out of the movie a little bit. I I, I remember just asking around, what what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> what happened? Who are those people? And why did that happen? But it's still for for horror fans. Uh, it, it's worth a watch. It was a bit predictable, but I think otherwise it was solid. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I it's funny y'all say about the end because for me this when the last twenty minutes or so of this I was just frozen in my seat like wow. uh, like one of those I can barely take it type horror experiences because I'm like so like edge of my seat ish with it. I think know? with no expectations I might have felt differently, but mm. I, I really do think that this is one of those films that may suffer from watching at home mm. as well. Like when Maybe, that the yeah. sound design is so fucking good. It, it really when is. it's just turned up, I kid you not, like I could hear things moving behind me yeah. and like crunching on my side. I, I could feel like it was weird that it was like, you know, a lot of horror films are about watch the negative space. This film was about uh, he listened to the negative space. Oh, yeah. Like you've always got one ear out for that little Ding, ding, ding. In the background. It was definitely, yeah. I mean... And that premise of like, oh, because it's an old tradition, we tie bells onto the feet of corpses in the drawers. It's yeah. just an old thing. This is an old mortuary home, you know, in case they get up and walk around, which, of course, eventually they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the next one, which was a really big surprise for a lot of people. Um, the sequel to Ouija, which was, by the way fucking awful which is an understatement yeah it's so bad it's but then they got the, like we promised to in part one another mike flanagan film they got him out to do the sequel and he decided to do it as a prequel which is it's funny like i think it, this film benefits a lot from not remembering anything about the first movie because it really does it, like like if you've seen the first film a lot of what's going to happen in this film in the last act is already spoiled for you you know, yeah. and which I didn't realize until I went back and reread the Wikipedia description of the first film. You I was blocked like, out I had totally one. forgotten everything that happened in the first one. As you should. But, I mean, I think one of the things, Flanagan, the most interesting decisions here, this film set in 1967 in the same house as the uh, original movie, is done in a style that feels like you're watching a 70s film. You know, even with cigarette burns uh, on the corners of the mm -hmm. of the film, which I thought was a really interesting decision to do. I really I love the setting. I, on the whole, enjoyed the performances. I think uh, the young actress, Annalise Abasso, who plays the teenage girl mm -hmm. here, is, shows a lot of promise, and I think we're going to see more interesting things from her. She played in Oculus, the, another Mike Flanagan film. Yeah. She played the younger version of the main mm -hmm. character in there. Um, I, I just, I feel like there's like, he makes a smart decision of rather than creating CG characters, he 
tweaks at people with CG, which I always think is a much more interesting decision to do than flat out just, there's a CG monster or ghost. He's like, no, it's a human. And then we made their jaw open a little bit too wide. And that's creepier and and less uh, uncanny valley inducing. Hmm. Um, I don't think this is anywhere near a perfect film by not even close to it. In fact, it's pretty heavily flawed in a lot of ways. But part of that is just like, my God, how is this good at all after that first one? And it, it is, for the most part, if you like creepy kid stuff, it's fun. It's just a shame it has to tie into such a piece of shit, like, first movie. <laughs> like, and, it, and it really does. I mean, it, like, makes extra effort in that last third to, like, have everything connects to stuff in the first movie. There's even an after credit scene, I don't know if you saw, that has, that shows that, you know, the, the one of the characters grows up to be Lin Shay, who we see in the, the first film. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. That apparently they moved to the end because audiences were confused and thought it was connected to the Insidious series. (laughs) (laughs) Which would have made it better, if you ask me. I didn't get to see the film, but I hated the first Ouija. I really, really hate it. That was probably my worst film of, what, 2014? It's despicable. Oh, well, no, Annabelle was worse. Annabelle's pretty bad. I actually think I liked Annabelle more than Ouija. Wow. But, I mean, I hated Ouija. It was just so dumb. But I'm glad that Flanagan, you know, tackled it. I'll I'll watch it just because his name is attached to the project, Mm -hmm. and he has just done so many great things this past year. Yeah, I I liked it a lot. I thought, I mean, from, like, just the art direction to the actual tones and colors and how it was shot and looked, I mean, it really... It was pretty uh, flawlessly executed uh, period piece movie. It it's looked, a real it looked, pretty looking. It looked great, yeah. And I thought um, the highlight for me was Henry Thomas. You know, just you know, he's always been a good actor, and he was fantastic in it as the priest. And uh, you know, I, all the actors were great. The mom was fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone was really good. Um, I felt like uh, I feel like they definitely put Flanagan in a box a little bit, in, in a Hasbro box. And uh, <laughs> I felt like hit like, like they were kind of undeserving of a story that was that good. And then they tied it into their game, which. That, that, that story did not need a board to be a story. He could have found anything in that basement to tie into that story. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with the Ouija board, but whatever. It works. It's good. It's definitely better than the first one, and, uh, you know, Flanagan's showing his, his skill again. So. It breaks Godwin's law, though. The moment a horror movie brings Nazis into it, the argument is over. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Dead Snow. Except for Dead Snow. Uh, also really enjoyed the movie, uh, and I don't even know if I finished the first Ouija movie. I think I watched like 20 minutes and thought it was so terrible. So I, I was unaware that it tied in. Mm-hmm. So props to that, I guess. I don't I don't know. But uh, overall, I yeah, it was it was a fun horror movie. I guess uh, kind of I, I felt the same way I felt about Lights Out. Like it's just for what it's supposed to do, it does a really good job. Um, Flanagan's obviously a really talented director. I think he's a good argument that um, it helps that he's a writer. And you can feel that in all his movies that they're he's because some people are great directors, they're great with visuals, they're great with actors, but you know they need a good script. And Flanagan, you can tell he's a storyteller through and through. And I think the fact that he's smart about his story and he writes all his movies, you can see that in this one that he brought those kind of ideas. He didn't just bring good direction; he brought a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think it's. I, I probably liked Hush more. I think Hush was more exciting, and more too. fun. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, uh, Flanagan's again. This is probably if you like Oculus, you'll like this. And I, I, he's just a he just makes solid horror movies that are fun, like the kind of movies like where you're like, I you know it'd be great. Like let's turn out the lights and like pop some popcorn and watch a horror movie. He makes those movies. He makes That's a good point. He makes yeah. interesting choices, mm-hmm. but he rarely sticks the landing. Yeah, I mean, I think that his stuff is it's almost 
um, it, I think what I admire about him is he's so smart and his stuff's so well thought out. And maybe in some ways, there's also a way that it feels a little flat by the end because it's so thought out. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't maybe feel as visceral as it could. Um, certainly, I felt that by the last third, um, whenever I guess it ties into the first movie. But I felt like the, the ending was just okay. Like, I was like, okay, this is kind of a horror movie. And he, it's like he doesn't pull punches, but at the same time, it doesn't really, you don't feel it in a really strong way. Yeah. But um, the kids are great. The you know the the storytelling itself is you know fun it moves it's 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 exciting and and it keeps you watching so if you want like a like Russ said it's it's in the vein of like Lights Out or something if you're so looking for that a kind bit of a spoiler comment that I I didn't realize because I was reading up on it apparently it was intended to get across and I didn't get this that the character who is possessed in the movie when it first happens it's supposed to be understood that she died. In that moment, like the, she's being, she's a corpse that's being possessed for the rest of the movie. Oh, what? And, and yeah, I didn't get that at all, but that was supposed to come across apparently. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, she's that already okay, So no props for not getting that across. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it creepier now that I know that. It's re- that's actually a really cool idea. Yeah. But you can see also, in some ways, it undermines the movie if you know that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There's no like exorcism to saver type thing. Yeah. Like, where's mm-hmm. the goal? But to add to what you were saying though, is Mike Flanagan always does things with integrity. Right. Whether he fails or succeeds in what he's doing, mm-hmm. he's doing it with the integrity of the movie in mind, not like, you know, something else. Which is, yeah. you know, a lot of people just make a movie to make a movie. He actually does it because he gives a fuck. And yeah, you can out. feel that. You yeah. can feel like, because like For if sure. somebody gave me like Ouija 2, yeah. like I'd be like, this sucks. All right, I guess yeah. I'm going to try it. Like you always say, because I think we always say this, you know, you don't have to make a bad movie and he is the epitome of like, no, this yeah. is going to be a good movie. I'm going to take crap. You get handed crap, you make crap and aid. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so he's he like a horror fan that loves the genre. Right. Yeah. And you can feel and that. Can feel That's that a good way to put movies. it. Yeah. I think he, he, he goes all the way. He, he's in. He Integrity. brings his craft and smart. Yeah, man. Yeah. Can't say that about a lot of people, right. especially horror movie directors. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, let's go back to Netflix, which one of their... I think one of the best things I saw on Netflix this year was a festival film that they picked up called The Invitation uh, through Drafthouse Films, I believe, was involved in this as well. Uh, it's an um, odd movie in that if you don't know you're watching a horror movie, it really wouldn't be till way past the halfway point that you even realize, wait a minute, I don't think this is a straight drama. I think some weird shit's going on here and ends up it, like the less said about what the horror elements are, the better. So you can discover them for yourself as it turns into a flat out horror movie by the end. But it's uh, a guy who goes with his new girlfriend to the, the expensive house of his ex-wife who's hosting a dinner party with her new husband. And he's very uncomfortable about going to this thing, as you can only imagine. And there's a bunch of people there that they don't even know as well. And... It's a complicated, like, walking on eggshells discussion, like, dinner party type thing that eventually leads to, hey, where, whatever happened to that guy who was supposed to be here? Hey, wait, where did she go? What? I really enjoyed this, and I especially enjoyed the, the very ending of it, which is one of those, like, kind of like, how did we start from here and get to, uh, and by the way, it's the end of the world. <laughs> it, that, it was a solid film totally unexpected again it was just one of those things that you see on Netflix and you're like oh I have nothing better to, to do and there's nothing better on Netflix so I'll just watch it um, and I was I was pleased I thought that um, John Carroll Lynch was fantastic in this film and I thought I mean I didn't really particularly like Gothica but I thought he was really good in Gothica and but in this film he just totally nails the creepiness and just he's he's one of the reasons why I kept watching 
Um, even though I was, you know, trying to decide whether or not I, you know, was going to commit to the film. And he was definitely the reason why I commit to the film. And I'm glad I did because that last half an hour really pays off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is one of those, I guess, surprises for me. I, I read an article. It was in probably Hollywood Reporter or, Van- or uh, Variety um, about Karen Kasuma talking about her career and whatnot. And I go, this is really interesting. So I wanted to watch uh, The Invitation. And... Um, you know, I was waiting for it to, to, to happen, you know, when shit does hit the fan. And the way she sets it up with that slow burn, when it does hit the fan, it, it, it feels, I mean, it's terrifying. And to me, it was scarier than most scary movies because it felt so real. Mm-hmm. And I, I really did like it. I thought that ending when, you know, uh, you kind of walk out and see what's happening to the rest of L.A. at that point in time was pretty uh, pretty terrifying. And I thought Logan Marshall Green did a great job, a uh, great performance, and uh, I really liked it a lot. Uh yeah, agreed. Uh, it was it was also a really nice surprise. I think Rob, didn't you see it before me? You went to the theater mm-hmm. and and he was Rob was raving about it and he said because I didn't get to see it in the theater and he told me he said do not look at your phone while you're watching this movie. Just get into the world of the movie and let it sort of wash over you. If you're sitting in a theater, what are you doing even thinking about looking at your phone? <laughs> well, no, what I'm saying is because I was going to watch it at home. Oh, okay, and fair. he he was and. Uh, and so I, I did, and I, I agreed. It, it's it's a slow burn, but it's it's the definition of a, a good version of that. And uh, the script really was, I thought, one of the big stars of the movie. It was so well written and well thought out, and and uh, Kasuma did a, a really great job directing it. And it was a nice surprise. I mean, I, I don't know that I would have expected this great direction from the director of Eon Flux, but she really kind of came through on that. And, and, or Jennifer's Body. Or Jennifer's Body, which <laughs> I, you know, I, I like. It's, it's fun. But I I did, uh, I, I also, I guess, I guess the ending, it does take a long time to get to where it's going. So there, there was a little bit of that. In, I was sort of like, is this going to happen or what's happening? But it, it was worth it. Um, yeah, so like Russ said, I really sought this movie out. I, I remember seeing the trailer and reading the premise, and I thought, this looks interesting. And it's a film with secrets, which I think is really fun as a as a viewer to sort of you know feel like a movie because a lot of movies seem to have a secret but you either predict it or it's so stupid you're like i don't i don't buy this and this one you you you're very much in the main character's um perspective where you're like is you know is he just being distrustful is is the movie going to pull the rug out from under him uh in the same way that something like uh they look like people does but like russ said it's a slow burn and it feels just a beat or two slower than it probably even needs to be so there's a certain amount of patience required when you're watching it but if you let the movie happen it does reward you and it really does take you somewhere that is utterly terrifying and you know white knuckle like is this is this the where this is gonna go and the movie also nothing feels safe so i don't i didn't feel safe watching this movie i didn't feel um comfortable i didn't feel at ease and i didn't you know so i i find that to be you know i really was on the edge of my seat watching it and um the performers are great um just from a filmmaking standpoint they're in a, a one house pretty much the entire movie and the geography of the house is very clear you understand what's going on you understand what's at stake so i i mean also i will say uh, as you pointed out it is a film about um this guy with an ex 
wife and he comes to her dinner party. I mean, it is a definition of awkward. For like the first part of the movie, you're already uncomfortable. and It's a good drama. Right. You're enjoying it as a drama. And when it surprises you and goes, oh, and by the way, I'm a horror movie. Yeah. Then you're like, (laughs) oh, okay. It is. I I found the last third of this movie to maybe be one of the most effective endings of any movie I watched this year. Uh, It really. Because a lot of movies, even if I really liked them, the ending's like, yeah, because it's just hard to end a movie. This one builds to something and it builds and it builds and it, it really does reward your patience with it. Yeah. Absolutely. And they, they also found a really good reasons to keep the characters in the house because mm-hmm. I, I know for me, I'd be like, well, let's get the hell out yeah, of here. Yeah, Russ is all about, we're, we're out of here. Yeah, I mean, I don't need a reason to leave a dinner party. I'll get the <laughs> hell out of there. Uh, and so that was pretty impressive to me. And they even sort of built up on that in the beginning, too, where they have, like, the two random strangers come to the door, and you're just like, okay, this is weird, is what kind of, uh, you're trying to figure out what the hell that this is all about, and then only afterwards you're like, oh, I get it now, now it's all making, you know, it's, it's, so it's, it's really one of those films that you probably need to watch a second time. Yeah, I watched it a uh, second time with Russ, and, uh, you know, just kind of waiting to see how he would react was just part of the fun of just watching the movie alone. I mean, it's it's a movie that really grabs you like that, so and I was a big fan of this one. And yeah. Karin Kasuma, man, I mean... Yeah, and I guess they're doing another movie together, her and the writers. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So one of them's her husband, though. Yeah. So, definitely going to be one of these. Good stuff. All right, so our next one is one I did not initially put on the list, and it was pointed out to me that it should be on the list, and, and you were absolutely right, Patience, because a lot of people... <laughs> Did, in fact, really like The Neon Demon. Those of you who listen to the site regularly and have heard my review know that I was not among those people. In fact, it's one of my least favorite movies of the entire year. But for a lot of people, it's in their very favorite. To me, this was, like, an example of, like, all style, no substance of any kind. I I felt like it was as shallow as its characters are supposed to be. But it certainly is a real pretty film, as Nicholas Winding Refn films tend to be. But obviously some people here feel differently than I did. <laughs> I loved the film. I really did. Um, there she is. And I'm not really, like, a big fan of Refn. Um, I, I, Valhalla Rising, I was bored to tears. Me too. And uh, Drive... I mean, as so many people love Drive, but I I wasn't a big fan of Drive. But it was good. But why are you people this excited? I loved Neon Demon, and really, it was all about Jenna Malone for me. Like (laughs) she was absolutely fantastic, and we all know exactly what I'm talking about when we're talking about Jenna Malone in this movie. That scene. I just, I, I couldn't even watch it. Like, mm. I was one of those, like, watching through the fingers, and I'm glad I was alone at home when I watched it, because I was like, oh, God. Oh, my God. Wait, which, which scene? I'm, I'm being serious. <laughs> I saw the movie, um, but then... The one where she's at her day job? I don't want to spoil it too what, much. towards the end? Yeah, towards the end, um, where she masturbates on the corpse. Yeah, yeah okay, I, since I got I'm you, just yeah. going to go there. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, people, that, yeah. for spoilers. That. Spoiler. A spoiler alert there. <laughs> but that, I was just, like, traumatized by that scene. And But otherwise, Keanu Reeves was fucking fantastic. Keanu Reeves was me. the highlight of this film he's for me. so good. Jenna Malone was he's great. He's playing the rare, I don't know if we've ever seen Keanu Reeves play just an asshole character was, before. And he did uh, it so well. The gift, you're right, yeah. Oh, and he was yeah, good at it. In there like the too, actually, too. I thought. Um, I, he did it so well, and I, I, I liked the movie. I thought it was a solid movie. It, yes, it was very pretty for pretty's sake, but I thought the ending of it had some some substance to it, and and I was I liked it. 
Oh man, it's, it's a rough one. It's, a it, rough it's definitely one of those things it's that uh, mm-hmm. that is definitely. I mean, probably more people are going to not like it than like it. I was one that did not like it. I uh, just from the opening credits where it has Nicholas Winding reference initials over like like it's his business card over top of the actual credits. I was like, well, that's a little pretentious. And then it goes into like to me, there are movies that entertain and movies that inform. And to me, I could get, like, you know, if Tom Ford made this movie about what he knows, as opposed to, like, like I wonder, was he, not that you have to be something to tell something, mm. but I just, I don't know what connection, I need to do more research, was, you know, Nicholas, you know, a model at one point in time, and he really felt compelled to tell this story, because I didn't find, I, I just, it felt so shallow, and, like, I just, it was so surface level for me, and it was just a pretty picture, and I, I just, I didn't get it, and I, I want to like his stuff, but then you see, like, um... The uh, the Ryan Gosling boxing one, Only God oh, Forgives, only, that one was and that was just not horrible. good. Mm-hmm. And then Drive was like, you know, 20 minutes of good. The opening scene was great, and then, it, you know, and the kill scene was great in the elevator. I can't I actually think I said when I finished this movie, it's like, well, if you want to watch a better film about uh, how shallow and horrible the modeling industry is, watch Showgirls. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, just a horrible film. <laughs> <laughs> it was just hard for me because, again, like, I don't, I mean, I it wasn't entertaining at all, and I got nothing from it. And so to me, it was just a hard, I guess it was, you know, whatever, you know? I, I feel like it's a shame because there really is are some spectacular visual moments in this. See, I, I, it was very like, pretty. Like, to me, I think Valhalla Rising is way more stunning. Like, mm-hmm. that's a beautiful movie. If there was just an, one line of dialogue in that movie. I'd rather, I'd rather <laughs> these girls not talk at all because they didn't advance the story one bit. Yeah. But okay, guys. Sorry. I no no. Please, yeah, I, I want to hear. No, uh, no I, 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 I'm going to say things I regret. No, no, no. no, no, no. no I just um, so uh, I have. I really struggled with this movie for days afterwards. Like I really thought about it a lot. Um, I I think I am a huge fan of Drive. I'm a huge fan of Only God Forgives. I was really excited about this movie. I just I think Reffin's command of cinema is really impressive to me. I just think, and even if you don't, and I, and also I'm a person, I'm cool with style over substance. Like if your movie is just beautiful and amazing to look at, um, cool. Like I'm, I'm in. And, uh, his command of design, music, uh, cinematography, editing, um, uh, blocking in this movie is, if you want to know like what a director can really do with film, this is a movie for you to watch. Even if you're not interested in the content, I, Really, I saw this in the theater, so I was not alone watching all of these scenes, watching some of the more controversial, I transgressive stuff in this movie. I struggled with it. I, I think I was very perplexed, especially um, like you. Like I, I feel very similar to to in the sense that I didn't understand what you were going for. So um, one movie I really liked was uh, like Spring Breakers and and Starship Troopers. In that you're like, is this a satire? Are you taking this seriously? I can't really tell. And I love how is this? I can take this movie a lot of different ways. This movie, if it's a statement, it's really obvious. Like, oh, the modeling industry and and surface beauty is that's all BS and it destroys people. And if it's a satire. It's really obvious. It's like kind of stupid. Like it's, you know, it's being showgirls. So I just couldn't figure out what he was going for because it just seemed silly. Um, so that threw me. And then the last third felt aggressively in your face. Like this is some weird, awful stuff. What do you think about that? So I, I struggled with it. Um, I'm really still not sure how I feel about it because I can't say I had a strong reaction to it. So I think. that's something but I don't know that I really liked it or thought it really all came together Um, 
but I don't know. There's moments that are really amazing, and I think Elle Fanning's really terrific. There's like beautiful uh, lines of dialogue. I, th- I remember there's a sequence where she stands on top of the of a uh, of a diving board yeah. under the stars, and I was just like, oh my god, it's like amazing cinema, and yet I'm still like, I don't even know if I like this. So. Anyways, I, I struggle. Also, I'm not sure it's a horror movie, but it's definitely got some horror elements. For the record, Ellie, Fan- Ellie Fanning's had a hell of a year. Uh, she's like, amazing. She was one of the things, like, everybody said, okay, I'm, you may not like the movie, but you got to admit she's really good in The Neon Demon. She's incredible in 20th Century Woman, which sounds to a lot of people like, why would I watch that? It's one of the best films of the year, that's oh, wow. why, and she's so good in it. And then she's got Live by Night, the new Ben Affleck-directed yeah. Dennis Lehane film coming up. So and uh, I didn't see American Pastoral, but she's in that as well. Yeah, that was apparently not worth saying. Oh, yeah, I heard so, bad things. Too bad. Well, uh, you know, Rob had such a strong reaction to the movie. So, and he was, it was a movie I didn't get to see in the theater. I, I saw it when it finally showed up on Amazon. And Rob was just, he, he was, he was so impatient was for me to, well, you were impatient for me to watch. Like, you have to watch because we have to talk about this movie. <laughs> and I, I wish that I, I, out of all of us here, I probably had, uh, the best reaction to the movie, but maybe it's because my expectations were so low. I remember Chris was also not a fan, and I—I I mean, I'm a—I'm a whining reffing guy, like Rob talked about. I like Drive. I like uh, uh, Only God Forgives. I think I might be one of the only people in the world who does. And then and and Valhalla Rising as well. So I—I don't—I don't know what I mean. I—it is for for film nerds. I—I I don't. I don't know, man. People just hate this movie so much. But for me, I, I thought it was it was entertaining, and I like. I got why. I listen. I get all your all your criticisms, but I don't know, maybe I just I was so prepared for it to be terrible that I was like, eh, it's, it's not fine. terrible. It it's just fine. it's just like, how do I take this? The one moment I really liked was when she goes into her room and there was a mountain lion in there because I'm like, oh, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> it also felt very David Lynch that moment. Yeah. I felt very Twin Peaks. You know, yeah. you're right. I think her up against the wall, listening in on the people next door and the With kind the, of horrible like, stuff. Yeah, sort of, kind of like I don't know, it was like a uterus pattern reference or something. Yeah. I don't know. What, what's strange. weird to me is if you follow his career and you watch the Pusher series, which is really fucking good, mm-hmm. and you watch Drive, and, you watch, and it's like, I, f- I feel like this is fake. I feel like this is not him as a filmmaker. I feel like he's trying to fill a void where like the Lars von Triers and the David Lynch's exist, and I just, I, I, I don't feel like it's sincere him. Well, I really Danish. don't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, but when you watch other movies, like there's a clear story and a narrative, and it's interesting. That's, and that's why, again, I'm like, I don't. Uh, what is yeah. this going for? Is this satire? Know. Is this is this serious? Are you making a message movie? Like I, that's, I just, that's yeah. But and in some ways, I love that the movie can be taken. Like we're all here, and I'm like, I still don't feel like yeah, I'm still the movie thinking more. about it. Right yeah. Now. yeah, it makes you think and talk, which is important. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. true enough. All right, so one film I think we probably are all going to agree on was Green Room. This, which is one of those ones you, a lot of people go, that's not a horror film. I, I disagree. I think it's it's a bottle horror film for sure. I mean, you could say it's a suspense thriller, but aren't we just kind of like trading words here that are essentially synonyms? We're just like, well, oh, that's a type of horror film. You know, mm-hmm. it's just It's not. certainly scarier than a lot of movies we've talked it about. It was definitely one of the scariest movies I've and seen gory. this year. And yeah. gory, uh, with the members of a band. By the way, this is a, one of Anton Yelchin's last films as well. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. in pieces. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, who he, he's and the other guys are members of a punk band, the Ain't Rights, which is a great name for a punk band. Who are on a you know the kind of tour punk bands do in the back of a, a broken down van, siphoning gas, 
siphoning gas, going through like little shitty clubs, and they end up basically a gig doesn't happen, and so they're the person who gets some gigs. Like, well, I can get you a last minute gig at this place. Uh, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, but you know you'll get paid. And they get there, and they realize it's a neo-Nazi bar. And they, of course, open their set with Nazi punks fuck off, which is like, I was as an old punk, I was like, fucking A, guys. <laughs> but uh, they're like, okay, well, we're going to just, we're going to go back in the green room, which is, for those who don't know, it's basically the waiting room for bands in between sets or what have you. Uh, and they witness a murder and then are basically trapped in this room. They lock themselves in this room because they realize... They that these guys who run this club know they saw them murder this this person and uh, they're not going to let them out of there no matter what they say. And most interestingly, Patrick Stewart shows up as the guy who owns the club and the leader of these neo Nazis, which is the oddest casting of the year that somehow works. Most awesome casting. I I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was so tense. Uh, the the really great and unfortunately named Imogen Poots is in here as well. A very <laughs> solid role. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she does. I mean, that poor. Really, you know, you, when, that moment you know you're you got, gonna have a you gotta look like that and be that talented. To have yeah, that name. Exactly, time to change the name. I'm just saying, uh, but yeah, I yeah, I totally love this. Yeah, hilarity ensues. Absolutely, <laughs> I love this film. Um, this is definitely my top three. Um, I I thought Anton Yelchin is so. I mean, I'm just like a little devastated by that because he's such a good actor. He's so fantastic. I actually kind of consider this like the reverse home invasion. Mm-hmm. If, if that's a if that's a thing now, yeah. uh, reverse home invasion, which is solidly horror in my view, um, and the gore itself, the surprising gore. It's like it's not like you're expecting it. You're just like it. It kind of was reminiscent of you know the like old you know the torture porn sort of like you know hostile or saws. You're just like. What what just happened? Did that guy's face just get blown off? And mm-hmm. and it was great. I thought it was a solid film. Loved it. I I and I love this director. I wish he would do more because Blue Ruin. Yes, yeah, Blue, Blue Ruin, so and fantastic. Was, and like Murder Party is probably one of my all time favorite movies. Also, really good. Yeah, of all time. So I really wish he would do more. Yeah. Yep. Man. Um. I really hated it. No, 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 no. (laughs) I liked this movie, but in truth, it took me two times to watch it just because, and I've told Chris this before, but like um, Anton Yelchin, when he pulls out the cell phone after seeing a dead body in front of people that just murdered somebody and didn't give a fuck, Mm -hmm. the character motivation to me just felt like that's your plot point to drive the story forward really took me out of the movie because wouldn't you just like... Be freaked out, walk around the corner and try to just, you know, you wouldn't call the cops in front of somebody who just killed somebody for no fucking reason. Probably not. And that, to me, that one moment, which is it was just a small thing, took me out of the movie. And then I went through and watched it again and really loved it. Um, you know, just that was the only nitpicky thing I found about it. But I really love the director. How do you pronounce his last name? Jeremy? Son- Sonia. Sonia? Yeah. Sonia. But man, that guy handles death scenes better than any other director fucking working right now. You feel like you are actually watching a murder in high death mm-hmm. and lit properly. Like, mm-hmm. this man handles murder like nobody's business. And uh, and it was great. I mean, uh, really simple plot, really, you know, easy story. But his tension is a fucking master class. Anybody that wants to know how to make a thriller, watch how this man builds tension and, uh, and learn how to pace a, a story. And this guy does it in spades, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a 10. I mean, uh, definitely one of the best ones you reviewed on this list. And, and I think a movie that will age really well, that people will keep returning to. Uh, agree with you guys on the director, 110. Blue Ruin was fantastic. Uh, 
guy's just a really, really good filmmaker. Um, he has some, I think for Blue Ruin and Green Room, he has two interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Podcast, or I guess it's the q and I'm sorry, with, with uh, Jeff Goldsmith. And he's so candid about his filmmaking process, and he's such a smart uh, guy. So totally worth listening to. This movie was definitely on my most anticipated of the year, and it did not let me down. Um, so yeah, highly recommend if, if you're turned off by, by gore or, or violence, probably want to skip this one. Yeah. Not for you. It's it's definitely not for you, but if you can handle that, uh, in service of a really great movie, this is, this is an A. But it's realistic gore. That, it's, that's the crazy thing. That realistic realistic makes it really hard. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there are one or two moments in here I definitely like. Oh, kind of, yeah. kind of screamed. To, so, but yeah. worth seeing. Um, I thought this one was a stunner. Uh, I, I, I just a knockout on almost every level. I, I, I was so into this movie, and I, I mean, I just from the minute it started, which it actually has kind of a slow build up to to the premise, um, and the, even that part was really great. Just watching this punk band be on the road, it was really. Beautifully put together. Uh, it had a great tone, a great feel. And then they get to um, they get to the club, and hell breaks loose, and it turns into a siege film. Uh, I, I could barely watch. I mean, I was watching through my fingers. There were a couple things. I, I, I remember I saw in a crowded theater on opening weekend. I remember sitting up in my chair, just like, oh my god, oh my god, uh, freaking out. So great performances, uh, amazing staging of of all the things that happen in this movie. Um, like we were pointing out. So I. Uh, it, it is an intense movie, and I'm not sure, even though it's so entertaining and exciting and suspenseful, I'm not sure it's for everybody just because I could see people I've watched movies with, just it, it's too intense. It's too believable. It's too brutal. And um, in that way, I, I caution, like Russ was saying, people, but man, I don't. I don't know that I don't know that I saw a better movie this year. If anything else I saw was just as good as this, but this was just I mean, I love this movie. It's pure cinema all the way. So. It's definitely a horror fa- film for fans, you know yeah. what I mean? It's definitely like solidly this is a horror film. It's mm-hmm. just it's smart and I think and again and a movie that I thought had a really satisfying ending. It, it takes you on that ride that you want to go on. Yeah. yeah. Like, like your heart rate's got to be elevated the whole yeah. fucking time. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a ride. You really don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, you just you don't know no one's safe, anything can happen. Um and a solid ending. Yeah, very so. Really Although good. I thought it was kind of anticlimactic when Yelchin dies from the car slowly. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm a terrible soon. person, but I am not a serial killer, so that's okay. Oh, which is segue, which is segue into uh, the the film. I am not a serial killer. Another festival film, saw a Fantastic Fest, uh, Irish British movie that is about a kid. A teenager, uh, Max Records, playing the character, who is a diagnosed sociopath who's really worried because of his fantasies of murder that he's going to kill someone. He doesn't want to be a killer at all. He wants to fit in, but he knows that he fantasizes about it. And he takes a, he works for the family job, which is working like doing uh, as a coroner. And you're like, okay, so I guess he's getting some of that out by being able to cut into dead bodies there or what have you or deal with that. But... It's interesting when bodies start popping up around the town, your presumption as a movie viewer is, well, clearly it's him, and somehow he just doesn't know he's doing it. But that's not what this movie actually is. It focuses on the least likely person possible to actually be the person doing these killings. And this kid trying to, as someone who's incapable of proper empathy, 
but still wants to do the right thing, trying to figure out what to do when he's the one person who knows who the killer is and, in fact, is not human. I love this film. I thought it was just a fun little cute film that really makes you think. I mean, it's a little Dexter-ish. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could say it has that, like, serial or potential serial killer looking out for other serial killers sort of vibe to it. But the, I really mostly liked this kid's, like, struggle with, like, being a sociopath and not wanting to be a sociopath, but just his complete ambivalence towards human life, but still caring enough. It was it was a great film and Christopher Lloyd, holy cow! Oh, so good! What a great return! Oh my god, he was fantastic! Just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I knew nothing about it going in. I didn't know it was you know a book you know beforehand, and I thought it was fantastic. And I loved you know you, you have a lot of those actors like the Christopher Lloyds out there who made a name for themselves in the eighties and pretty much done a lot of B rate stuff since then. So when I saw Christopher Lloyd in, it's like oh, it's gonna be one of those. But he showed that, you know, he, he's more than a sum of what people hire him for. Like, this guy's still got chops, and it was a great movie. And, uh, you know, it was definitely, uh, you know, it was uh, unexpectedly great. Like, I really loved it. I loved the look of it. It was definitely like a Super 16, I, I believe. Uh, it looked beautiful. It was shot great. The acting was great. I had a question. Do you know where this was shot? Do you know where it was filmed? I feel like it was like Connect. Canadian? No, Canadian. It, just, it, well. it says Virginia, Minnesota. No kidding. Minnesota. That's practically right Canada. Canada yeah. That's Canada. It was so weird because, <laughs> well, because the movie opens up with like the Irish uh, uh, like lottery fund yeah, whatever film. Yeah. So I, go, we, I had no, nothing, no idea about the movie. So I was expecting an English-Irish movie pretty mm-hmm. much because they got government financing. And then I'm like, oh, everyone's speaking with an American accent. And oh, it's... So it was very interesting. And then to see the writers from uh, from Ireland. But, uh, but man, uh, really, really good. I loved it. It was a... It was a Big surprise. Actually, based on a popular book. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, I had no idea about that either. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought, I I really was excited to watch this movie. Uh, I I thought it meandered. It it never really coalesced for me. It had a a very bizarre ending that I didn't think was particularly well handled. Uh, I I agree. I like the atmosphere. I liked the the 16 millimeter. I thought that added a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. Christopher Lloyd was great because, you know, he's always great. Uh, Records was good. But uh, overall, it just just didn't really do it for me. His name's John Wayne Cleaver. <laughs> His mom's April Cleaver. So, oh, sorry, I just, I just I, saw I, all the. There, so there you go. Obviously, on the nose. Yeah, he names. has three names. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's the only knock. And that's the, the level the movie was <laughs> yeah, on for me. Yeah, that's the level the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with Russ. I, I, I just the movie didn't really grab me. I thought it was there were elements that I thought were okay, and there were moments that kind of worked. But overall, I just I thought it was kind of a shrug. I just didn't. It didn't really grab me. It didn't really. The idea is really neat that he's sort of this kid and he struggles with being you know a sociopath and 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 that he discovers there may be a supernatural serial killer and i was like i'm in this sounds great you know and he's the only guy who knows about it but the movie itself was i don't know it was going for something else that didn't really grab me it was i i i can see why you guys liked it i don't know it just didn't click it just never really grabbed me and makes sense to to me this lived in that same world as like absentia the mike flanagan yeah you're trying to find a, a way to do a horror movie but not make a horror movie, right? Like it, it definitely lived in that that world where like using imagination over budget and finding a cool way to 
tell a story. But yeah, I mean, I can see. You know, I mean, I, I liked it. Yeah, and I, there's elements I, I just for some reason never clicked with me. I yeah. just thought it was okay. There was definitely worse films this year. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than The Conjuring too. Yeah, it's better than I don't know Carnage Park. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Carnage Park, we're going to go into honorable slash dishonorable mentions, okay. which is films that either not everybody saw or like. I have uh, two mixed results of some of these that are on some a lot of critics or some critics best of the year list, but I don't think made it for most of ours. But uh, so we're going to go through a few of these. Some of these I didn't even get to see, but I have to mention because someone will yell at me if I don't. Uh, but one I did see is The Love Witch, which is one that was on almost everybody's best of list, which confuses me because this is barely a horror film. Uh, I, I wouldn't consider it to be horror at all. Yeah, I mean, like only in like in conceit or like some of the the things associated with the, that there is the main character is a witch and she does in fact kill people. If you think people. Bewitched is a horror movie then <laughs> this is right. a horror It's movie. Bewitched if, the, if Elizabeth Montgomery kept accidentally killing the people she made fall in love with her. That's uh, which is essentially the plot That's of this plot, movie, yeah. which is like it's about which is a sixties like sex sexcapade like satire basically. Yeah. Apparently, the first film by Anna Biller, this director, was a straight up like seventies exploitation film that was supposed to be a satire of seventies exploitation with feminist messages, and she got really mad because nobody got that it wasn't just a seventies exploitation mm-hmm. film. So this one is certainly more overt about it's a satire. And we're trying to talk about feminism here. And I I actually, those aspects of it on the whole worked for me because nothing is 100% clear. It's just bringing up ideas in in kind of a funny way. I also really like the look of this thing, which looks like a movie they would go to see on Mad Men. You know, it's like, let's go see a movie. Yeah, the technicolor is is gorgeous. Yeah, and lots of interesting choices, like the way they they have the projected backgrounds when she's in the car. That's, Mm -hmm. like, totally old school. Uh, The the actors in this are all beautiful. Lead actress Samantha Robinson thought it's just just distractingly gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah, it's so pretty. But ultimately, it's all done so in, like, this has got to feel like a not a good movie, and everybody's not really trying to act, act. They're like... Don't get too deep into it. This, you're not supposed to be good actors. That by the end, I'm like, okay, let's wrap this thing up. This is two hours. That's way too long for for a for a one note joke. This, yeah, this movie is pretty funny. Um, I I found it to be hilarious. But um, my favorite line was um, where he's just like randomly like talking about this this killer who's you know killed the professor or whatever, and he's like, "Can you order me a turkey and avocado and whole wheat?" And the guy's just like mayonnaise or mustard and he's like yeah and coleslaw <laughs> and I was just like okay I, I totally get what this film is but I don't feel like this is a horror film I feel like this is a f- film for film buffs this isn't a film for horror buffs yeah agreed And uh, but I mean if you're a film buff I think you're going to love this film because it's hilarious it's definitely satirical it's definitely a throwback and it's a beautiful film but as far I don't think horror, horror fans are going to like it at all yeah, I mean, I, I found it interesting. I mean, I didn't love it, didn't hate it. I found it interesting. I, I found the message to be a fucking sledgehammer. Uh, it, wasn't, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't subtle at all. Um, I, I I don't even understand how uh, Anna was able to, like, have that vision because I couldn't rewire my brain as a filmmaker to say this looks good. Like, because it would feel like, oh, it feels like an old set from, change it, make it look real. And to, like, program, to be able to have that vision to, like, every scene looked so authentic, 
I mean, props to her for being able to have a vision that can that can replicate that because we're so trained nowadays that if it looks fake, it looks like shit. Mm-hmm. And she was able to embrace it. It makes me really cool and colorful and a throwback that was promising. And, and, and it definitely was a unique thing because, I mean, I, I couldn't do that to save my fucking life. <laughs> you, you, I could not do that. I would, I, I would try, pull my hair out because it wouldn't look good to me. And then the only negative to it would be like the actors in it. Will this advance their career any? Because they're all <laughs> shitty. But they're shitty on purpose. Yeah. Like, I don't know if Samantha Robinson's an amazing actress. She may be. But I will never know because it's all like, oh, dear, John, do you really like me that much? It's one I'm step above. It's one step above I'm porn acting. But that's what I'm saying. So, but, <laughs> it's one of those things that they're all great. They can all take direction, I guess. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, it's a great, it was a fun thing, but will it help them out? I don't know. It's going to be a risk. I yeah. mean... But, uh, all right, moving on. I, yeah, I, I agree. You know, it, it, in what she was attempting to do, I, I think she did succeed. Yeah. But it's all about the references to these other movies, and I don't like those kinds of movies already. So uh, it, it just it, it sort of lost my attention. Yeah. I, I I made it through about thirty minutes of this. It is a um, <laughs> it's aesthetics and a theme in search of a story, and I just I didn't like I appreciated the filmmaking uh, the I, I, I thought the actors did what they were supposed to do I mean they acted like they're in an episode of the Brady Bunch and it's really distracting but the you know I think by the end I thought this is a short film this is a 20 minute movie I don't think and it's a two hour movie I think we should warn people who dive into this like when you when you get into it like if I, by 30 minutes I'm like, I, there's no way I can watch two hours of this because I didn't get it I it seemed very obvious to me like you said like the, the message and stuff so I just I don't know I didn't I appreciated the filmmaking I appreciated the vision of the movie and I really appreciated the lead actress who is incredibly good looking but by the end I just didn't I didn't get it. I was like, I don't, I don't see the point of making a two-hour movie of this. So I, I feel like they really should go and make straight horror versions of horror-themed episodes of '60s TV shows, like the Brady Bunch. When they yeah. go to, they get the cursed idol. Wouldn't yeah. you love to see a straight horror movie version that it slowly dawns That's on fantastic. you? Holy I shit! That. This is just t- that Brady Bunch episode. <laughs> but I was terrified watching that episode. When Spider gets in there. It was. Yes. It was. Yeah. There's a, I forget the name of it. I want to say it was locally made, but there's a movie. It's like Saturday afternoon something, and it's it's like that where you're watching it, and it's not till you're halfway through. Got holy shit! This is just Scooby Doo. <laughs> like it didn't, but you're like, oh my god! All these people are just like, no, this is the real world Scooby Doo. You're like, no, that's exactly and very intentionally what they did. I was like, oh, that was actually pretty fun. <laughs> I, I bet this, I bet it played a lot better at festivals than it would at home. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, it did. I'm sure. Because that's, really that's the that's the crowd for it. Uh, yeah, another, exactly. Another film I, that. Like, I, I really liked, but I get why a lot of people didn't. It's on Netflix. Is I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House with Ruth Wilson, who's really one of my favorite uh, up-and-coming actresses right now, especially after seeing her in Luther as sort of yeah. the female Hannibal Lecter on that And The show. Affair. And The Affair. So good on that as well, where she is a um, hospice worker who goes to take care of a retired uh, and, and inv- invalid a horror author who's suffering from dementia, lives in a big New England house all by herself. So she's there just to help her slowly ease into, you know, not being with us anymore. And she starts realizing, Ruth Wilson starts realizing there's something creepy going on in this house. And it's, this whole thing plays out almost like a a Victorian, very Victorian, like, ghost story. It's very slow. Almost all the dialogue is from either her saying it out loud or just hearing her thoughts, sometimes her reading out like poetry almost, you know, that is reflective of what's going on. It's very, 
it's very slow moving, but it's super pretty. And I actually really enjoyed this. And I don't know if any of you guys got a chance to watch it, but I, I thought it, it was uh, it was the pretty thing that lives on Netflix. I will be checking that. <laughs> um, I, I kind of feel like maybe I should give this one another shot. I didn't make it. it I tried. Mm-hmm. I tried to watch this movie back when it very first came out on Netflix. I couldn't make it through the monologue oh, in wow. the beginning. It's like a 15 minute monologue mm-hmm. of her just like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, uh-uh, I'll just, I had other things in my queue. So I was just like, no, yeah. I'll try something else. Bring on the zombies. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, Just be, in the, you gotta be in the mood for something so like this. So I, yeah, sure. I didn't make it 15 minutes, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. But maybe I should give it another try. Once you have a better idea of what to expect, yeah. I think it'll be like, okay, this is not going to be like ghosts coming out, screaming out of the walls. Which yeah. is fine, but yeah. it's just the monologue no. was just like... It's definitely art horror in that yeah. sense where like it's like it's very literary mm-hmm. and, and that by definition not for most horror fans I think I think this is really for people who like when they think of horror they think of reading Edgar Allan Poe out loud on Halloween yeah. is the way they celebrate it you know <laughs> I, I didn't watch it but did? I'll, I'll check it out you yeah, guys didn't I'm see interested. it okay. no. alright well moving on to the next one then uh, Mercy which is also on Netflix which I, I believe got recommended by Russell just because you were like oh look it's on Netflix we and should it watch it it was brand new yeah, yeah. The, the, right when we started the list it, it just come, it just hit this is your fault yeah. god I know I'm really gonna <laughs> I, assume that. That. I like Chris, Chris immediately singled me out uh, on that. I, yeah but I assumed you saw it and liked us. it and I was like oh cool I'm excited no, I, was, yeah. I was curious because I liked uh, Chris Sparling's uh he wrote Buried. He's a good writer. He's a good writer. And H- I even liked ATM. I like ATM. ATM I agree, yeah. Um, Did he just write ATM? Him? Yeah, he just yeah. wrote it. I uh, didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. It's unfortunate. Uh, I had a great trailer, and I thought, this this could be pretty good. It, it kind of has a twist, um, but yeah, it, it kind of it's, felt... It's a bit of a contraption, yeah. is, is really what the movie is, and... and other than that, there's really not much else. Yeah, a lot of people talking in vague ways that you know, like, oh, there's something else going on here. And then, um, you know, some stuff was well staged, but yeah, overall, kind of just a yeah, miss. It, it, it drove me crazy. I'm watching it, and it's like, ooh, maybe it's the two brothers. And we know what they look like. And the very next scene, they're all wearing masks. That makes no sense at all. And then just do a flashback. This show, it was like the most, like, like just bad piecing the, yeah. I feel like they tried to fix it in post and try to like let's Tarantino this bitch and, make, and it, it yeah. didn't need that and the thing is I feel like if I were to read that script and it was linear and I got to that twist at the end I go that's pretty fucking cool it was a cool twist the premise was great the, the filmmaking was just poorly executed and I feel like the guy's a good writer hmm. I mean I feel like he maybe bit off more than he could chew with that movie because I felt like they were trying to save it in the edit and it just it just fell apart. It definitely feels I, I feel rings. like they were yeah they they were trying to play with your expectations of of the genre itself and and beyond that I don't really know what else. And just but, doing yeah. it a little bit too hard. Yeah, you know I'm what I mean? you. just a little bit. I like the ending okay, but um, overall I would just say it's a solid Netflix film. <laughs> That's you know true, what yeah. I mean? That's a good point for the horror genre. It's a solid it's again, a, sort of a reverse. It's kind of the yeah, yeah. It's a good like double bill, like the last yeah. movie of the night where you're kind of sleepy and you don't really like, you, don't, you don't need to engage. Just, with my thing. main criticism, I feel like if you you have a very big gimmick, which is that the movie's split in half from two different points of view, where it starts over again and we see everything from yeah. the different point of view, you better have all your technical ducks in a row for that to work. And this it, doesn't it, at all. It doesn't. It's like it constantly. You go, wait a minute, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense it was weird yeah it would have benefited from cross-cutting yeah it doesn't it doesn't make sense yeah well 
We can talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> I got more to say. There's another film none of us were particularly crazy about. It was short, about. at least. It wasn't two and a half hours. Like <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. Uh, another film not all of us were crazy about was Carnage Park, which was nonetheless recommended to me by a bunch of horror fans. I thought this not film... That, no. <laughs> this film... Uh, I tried by, to save us. Yeah, by, yes, you did. By Mickey Keaton. You literally is, did, though. I did. Is a Sorry. woman who is like... She's kidnapped by bank robbers who die immediately when they go out to um, they're they're driving out in the middle of nowhere and they get shot by a sniper played by Pat Healy who is the one thing that made me think okay well it's got Pat Healy in it how bad could it be um, and then the rest of the movie is her being stalked by Pat Healy through this crazy redneck ex-Vietnam veteran, I guess, uh, like a compound he's built for himself, while Alan Ruck impotently shows up on screen every once in a while as a sheriff brother who's there for no particularly good reason yeah, except to provide a gun at some point. The biggest problem with this isn't any of that. It's that the guy thinks he's making a Tarant- if Tarantino made The Hills of Eyes. So and it's so embarrassing watching him like just so blatantly try to rip him off. Made? It's I mean, a really low budget movie. That's all I can think. He's made a few movies beforehand. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Keating's other uh, Pod and Ritual, Ritual were both really good low budget setups for movies that the last half they sort of disintegrated, uh, and this was. Uh, no exception, although the first half wasn't great. The the first half literally cribs from uh, Tarantino. Yeah, and I, that, I it was that was maddening to me. Yeah. The minute that happened, I thought I don't even know. I, I can't. I don't even know how to feel about this. Like yeah. it was almost. Like, he just saw Reservoir Dogs, was like, I'm going to do this, but make it horror. And then you're, what? And you're, I mean, it was literally, like, scene for scene it, yeah. in and, the car. Yep. It was in sepia. That's the only thing that I can say about this movie. Um, it was in sepia. The last... Yeah, I know. He, I mean, if you want some pros, it's in focus. Most of the movie shot <laughs> Most in focus. of it is shot in focus. And it's that like... True. But I think like the last 20 minutes, it doesn't even feel like there's a movie anymore. It's just it's just like these wandering scenes. I'm like, there's there's barely anything going on at all. Like the yeah, movie Larry just, Fessenden shows up to go, hey kids, it's Larry Fessenden. Yeah. <laughs> it runs out of gas in this, in this insane way it's too bad the, the premise is kind of cool um I, I sort of liked it and it was it was a, it was a period piece which i thought was kind of neat and i like the lead actress a lot but this movie is like a void yeah, yeah. A, a, a film i did like but i thought suffered from not being as good as the pre- previous chapter in the series was the purge election year yeah i mean definitely think it's a solid chapter and a pretty decent franchise yeah so i like far, that series a lot uh that that like deserves to be seen like i said the only downside is like it's not quite as good as the purge anarchy, i thought that yeah. which is i i thought it was kind of exceptional anarchy was excellent i yeah. liked uh, i liked anarchy i like this one i they're both better than the first one yeah yes. um and this one was just like eerily parallel to what we've been going through this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was solid. I'm glad to see what's his face. Um, Frank Grillo. Thank you. Yeah, um, see him back and have an, a, another installment. And those two chicks, those two teenage chicks were for me the most creepiest part of the whole great. film. They were great. Where they show up with the in the car wrapped in in Christmas lights. Yeah. Like that was just like what? Yeah. I, the I think fuck? that the strength of the series isn't always the the specific plot, but rather his ideas about the purge. Like in this mm-hmm. one, one thing that was great was that people would would come from other countries just to purge. 
And so, yeah, all that the I, the world of the purge is the, is the most terrifying, excellent part. Yeah, it's it's a political, it's a very political film, as all three of these are. That never irritates you with the fact that it's political. Although yeah. I, I will say, I hadn't seen this movie uh, until we started doing this list, and I I watched it post election. And it was a much more, I think, upsetting experience for me than it would have been pre-election. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, probably. I'm glad I watched it beforehand. Yeah, I, it was yeah. it was pretty dark. Uh, another film I don't think any of you guys saw but me, but I really have to recommend is Sadako versus Kayako, which is basically The Ring versus The Grudge, which is played at Fantastic Fest. You can listen to my full review on our on our uh, Fantastic Fest reviews for this year. But basically, they went, you know, those other movies in both those series are really slow. Let's say fuck that, speed it up so it comes from seven days to two days on The Ring, you know, and just speed everything up so it's really fast moving and it's kind of a horror comedy and uh, it makes for what honestly is the best film in the entire series. <laughs> Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is a lot of fun. Um, uh, as well, the girl with all the gifts is another one I really have to recommend. And I was I wasn't going to put this on the list because I'm like uh, I don't think this is coming out for a while. But apparently, it's as out as it's going to get at this point, oh, uh, which is unfortunate because it's a solid British post-apocalyptic zombie horror drama. Love mm. it. Um, and based on a really popular book, and it's filled with like really great stars: Gemma Art- Arterton, Pat- Patty Considine, Glenn Close, a- and a star-making turn for uh, the the young star of this playing the character Senya Narua who's just wonderful really smart thoughtful like what if kids who are infected with a zombie virus don't turn all zombie unless somebody gets really close to them and then their instincts start taking over you know and it's basically sort of like this is the end of one world and the beginning of a new one wow of a new race really good uh and and let's finish up with television as well. Just the mentions on there. I know uh, American Horror Story Roanoke. I thought was a solid. I, season it was. This year. It was definitely one of my favorites um, mm-hmm. since. I mean, I liked Asylum. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I hated Coven. I hated Freak Show, and I hated Hotel. So Roanoke Ooh. was good. That's a lot of seasons. Yeah, I, I loved Hotel, but I hated Freak Show and, and Coven. Um, uh, Coven was I, the worst. I love Murder House. So Murder House is class. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But Roanoke was fantastic. So I, I kind of thought they brought it back. Even even though it's found footage. Yeah, but it's also meta found footage. It's like a it's a meta, show, meta, meta. It's a show within a show within a show yeah. this season, which is really weird. Where it's like, okay, first you get the episode of the show, and then you have the second season of the show where we're seeing like Oh, the, everyone the, who like, made the, the first ghost one, hunters where, sort yeah, of show. Yeah, where it's like where you have the actors who played the characters and then the real people would happen to go together to the house for the second season and shit starts happening. And then you add another layer on oh, top yeah. of that afterwards. It's yeah. like, that's actually... It was a solid premise. Pretty ballsy. Was a, what's his name? Ryan Murphy? Or, uh-huh. Yeah, it was a solid premise. I wish you would just stop spoiling things online. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the last thing we're going to do is just stuff to look forward to coming out. And I, I was going to mention the Void, which I know Rob is champing at the yeah. bit to see. I'm super excited about which, that one saw, I saw it at Fantastic Fest. I don't think you saw that one. No, um, I was watching something else, but I, hear, I heard good things. It's definitely the, like, if you really love the stuff that's like, okay, I want that very Lovecraft thing, this is the thing you were I looking for. I heard it was like Carpenter to. meets Lovecraft. It's the first half of three quarters of this is Carpenter, mm-hmm. and the last third of it is total Lovecraft, yeah. uh, which is an awkward, for me, was an awkward tonal shift, mm-hmm. but you ask Jason Murphy, and he's like, go fuck yourself, this movie was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely something to get on your list, as well as Safe Neighborhood, which I, both of us saw and I, I love the shit out of, uh, uh, by really nice guy Chris Peckover, one of the 
this is definitely going to be on everyone's top five horror Christmas horror comedies. Like, definitely. After this comes out, it's going to be right there next to Rare Exports that all us geeks are going to watch every single year. Well, the cast was so good, too. You got the kids from The Visit and the other kids from Pan. Mm -hmm. And you got Virginia Madsen and uh, uh, Warburton as the dad. We had a bunch of actors who were from shitty movies in a really great movie. But but (laughs) they were in a shitty movie, but through a casting process that sorted through millions of people, probably. Mm -hmm. And so you know they've got to be good. I mean, M. Night's a big director. Their panels of big movies. These kids went through the ringer to, to find this talent, and he, he made a good movie. I, I didn't hate the visit. No, I, I, didn't I, hate it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't particularly like it either. I liked it. Speaking yeah, of know. upcoming horror films in 2017, and they just released a trailer for Split. Oh, God. Yeah. I, Did I you see that? Oh, yeah. Think. I don't even know what to think. I'm just jaded. Is it good? I, it looks. I, like, I it looks good. Hated it so bad. Really? I, I, I think the, it looks good. One thing that made me curious is apparently they do something that ties it to Unbreakable as oh, in the same universe mind. as that. Oh, what's your face is in it? Girl from the Witch. Right? Uh, Anna Taylor Joy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all I, I know, know is. Never <laughs> I, you don't like Unbreakable? No, Unbreakable oh. is great, but you just I, mean, I, just, I just don't want him to fuck it up yeah. because it's M night. You, so. you know, it's one of those things when you play at a festival and everyone at the festival is really nice, mm-hmm. and you walk in. What do you think? Everyone's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get a beer, mm-hmm. and like no one. Wants. I really like the lighting. Yeah, it just, <laughs> and the thing is too, it's like this man won an Oscar for writing. It's like how how do you make this? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely James McAvoy acting his ass off in the trailer. Right, uh, he does a good job. Like all the actors do a good job. It's just the story. Just, I mean, I don't know. It's not for everybody. Know, not terrific. Yeah. Uh, some people will dig it, probably. I know you said you had some other stuff you wanted to bring up for upcoming stuff. Um, yeah, just movies I'm excited about. Uh, Mike Flanagan's making a Gerald's Game. A Stephen oh, yeah, King's Gerald's right. Game. I so don't know how. I've I, read I that am book. So, I mean, the book itself is probably one of the darker you mm-hmm. know, Stephen King books. So I'm excited about it. I think that if um, they, they made the right choice of director, because I think if anyone's going to pull it off, I think... Someone who loves the horror genre as much as Flanagan does is going to do it. Also, um, I know it's going to be terrible, but I'm still going to watch it, is Death House. Uh, Gunnar Hansen. It's basically the the horror villains meets the Expendables. Right, 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 it's right. It's got, like, Tony Todd. <coughs> I mean, everyone's in it. It's It's oh. going to be terrible. But right. it's going to be Yeah, awesome it's like you get all terrible. the, like, really well-known It's hard, got Captain it's... Spaulding. I mean, like, they're all in it. Everyone's wow. in it. So they went to, like, a horror convention. Just says, mm-hmm. which one of you fuckers is free? Yeah. Raise yeah, your you hand. Step forward. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Dee Wallace, yeah. Adrian Barbeau, uh, Barbara Crampton, Sid Haig, Tony Todd, Bill Mosley, Michael Berryman, Kane Hodder. Yep. I mean, that's just crazy. I just feel like if I don't it, get, it like, a Robert England cameo, I'm going to die. But it's okay. <laughs> I'll just take what I Something can get. Something to look forward to in the second. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else on that list? 2017 on my list. Yeah. Um, I have Belko Experiment, which I'm excited to see James Gunn do something else other than it's Marvel. It's weird that it sees comedy less from the no. The it trailer. seems completely serious, and I mean, even Dawn of the Dead, he, he still had a little element of like whimsy to it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It looks pretty serious. I like it. I think it's gonna be solid gore. Yeah, it's it's Battle Royale set in an office building. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Those are my three for 2017. Yeah. I didn't have any because I wasn't prepared for that part. Um, not a horror, but Free Fire looks awesome. 
Free Fire? Yeah. Which one is that? The, uh, the guy that... Uh, the guy that did High, High Rise. Rise. High Rise. Uh, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Yeah, um, ben Wheatley. Yeah, Wheatley. Yeah. Yeah, the new Wheatley film looks great. And then obviously, Dead Awake comes out. Dead Awake. Yeah. Oh, Dead Awake, Dead everybody. That's going to be my number on. one horror film of Clear your May of 2017. <laughs> there you go. Don't watch Dead Awake. We are all excited. <laughs> we should have seen it by before then, though. Well, you can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, A Cure for Wellness is the one I'm looking oh, for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one looks yeah. wicked. I think, I think Verbinski nailed it with his remake of The Ring. One of the few exceptions of a remake that I, I think is a lot love, better love, than love, the original. Which we're getting another Ring in 2017. Rings, yeah. Which, which looks dopey. So that many reboots, dopey. so many sequels. I'm, I think we were spoiled in 2016, so... Oh yeah, we get Alien Covenant. Uh, uh, What could go wrong? And Sidious Ford. Ew. Yeah, I love it. Down with the James Wan movie. James Franco and Danny McBride are in an Alien movie together. This is going (laughs) to be worse than Prometheus. (laughs) I think you could be right. Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being part of this, you guys. Thanks for having. Uh, Hopefully, I can get you guys to come back and we can pick a topic. I was talking to them saying we should do like a show just like a director's series like where we talk about the films of Carpenter and the films of Argento and the films of what have you you know mm-hmm. uh, Cronenberg is the one I go <laughs> I got some things to say <laughs> mostly nice <laughs> yeah anyway thanks so much and uh, I'll just keep screaming I guess I just that just doesn't come out now we're, we're we'll gonna find work on something that. we'll work yeah, on it we'll work on it <laughs>